Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Hey, everybody. It is uh, mid-August. August, it doesn't matter. It's August in general. <laughs> it's <laughs> somewhere in days. August. Which yeah. is the perfect segue into what we're talking about today, which is uh, a farmer burnout. Farmer burnout, gardener burnout, plant growing burnout <laughs> in general. And August is just always, the, in my opinion, the, the most timely time to start talking about <laughs> Uh, farmer burnout or outside burnout. I don't even know. <laughs> what makes it what makes it timely? <laughs> because uh, if you talk, if you know a farmer Japanese or beetles. a or a you know market gardener or someone who's you know, invested a lot of uh, time and energy into their uh, outside activities, you uh, you may notice they're all kind of saying the same thing, and it's something along the lines of, "I'm real tired." <laughs> Whenever you speak to them. Right. Is this year going to start wrapping up? <laughs> Is it cold yet? Like, <laughs> right. And, and I laugh to, to disguise the, the bags underneath my eyes, but uh, I, I think that's <clears throat> pretty universal, at least with a lot of the farmers that I, I talk to, no matter what they seem to grow, what is your all's experience with uh, this time of year? You know, we, and here in Kentucky, we have seasonality. You know, we have the four seasons. I often wonder about those locations like far south that may not have Oof. the seasonality mm-hmm. that we do as far as weather, so they don't have the same limitations on production. So mm-hmm. what right. if they do produce mostly year-round? I mean, here we are. We have, we have already kicked it off by saying, thank goodness, the changing of the seasons <laughs> like, brings a change in, you know, <laughs> attitudes. What about those people that can't get, get that? Right. I mean, how do they find yeah. relief? Now that reminds me, I mean, as a former farm worker of the Deep South, mm-hmm. um, I remember one of the things when I moved up here and I saw this focus on season extension, I was like, no, don't do it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what happens to us down there. And it's why would lie. anyone extend their season yeah. any longer? Someone was joking and said, you guys are putting in all of these high tunnels. You know that that means you have to work longer into the winter, right? <laughs> right. That's why, I mean, you're always working, doing things, but longer production cycles, yeah. which is good, you know, in a way. But in another way, maybe a break is not yeah. so bad. Do we always have to be doing something? Well, I mean, more the serious kind of answer of how they deal with that in the like kind of Florida and Georgia is I know a lot of people kind of stage down their production in the summertime and things are yeah. kind of more focused on the, the shoulder season. <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was yeah. recently in Charleston and it was hot. <laughs> mm. uh, famously hot. <laughs> famously hot and humid, you know, n- their their player scores for humidity were, was ninety nine heat ninety eight oh, yeah. across the board. No thanks. And uh, this was toward the end of July, and we got there, and most of the farms didn't have anything in the field because they they shoot to have everything out by July, the end of July, which is a very foreign concept to us. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there's a <clears throat> with the seasonality, there's a sense of we got to cram as much as we can between March and September. And so we're going to go, 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 go. And that maybe even makes it a little bit worse because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can rest in the winter is, um, you know, humans you generally do better with with regular rest as opposed to uh, biannual rest. <laughs> Occasional rest every now and again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. on an ongoing basis. I feel that in my soul, <laughs> that kind of, you know, you've only got a limited season, so you have to crank out a lot more to kind of fill that void that the winter brings and, you know, income or whatever it is that's, because you're usually, I mean, I know a lot of our vegetable vegetable producers can be, you know, harvesting kale and spinach and stuff like that, probably 10 months out of the year, uh, maybe more if they're doing a little bit of heating, so there may be less pressure in the summer months because they're still making some income. But I think for a lot of growers who are not doing winter that, that they're so producing in winter, but they're not maybe harvesting and bringing an income in the winter. Um, There's a big push to really go, go, go because you've got to fill that, that void, right? You have to make enough money and these few amount of months to last you 12 months. And I think that that's can be, can be tough. Yeah, and so that's one of the one of the components of the season extension and value added and other off season income streams. 
that's attractive. However, you know, as Josh said, my, in my experience, it's not let's reduce the, the, my experience with a lot of people who add season extension is they don't really know or think, or maybe can't afford or whatever to reduce their intensity during the main growing season. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just can tr- try to keep that going. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to do 10 miles today instead of five. Well, I'm going to run my five mile pace for 10 miles and see how it goes. Uh, and then many of them do end up, you know, you'll see people that focus on shoulder seasons or they'll eventually move away from that. I think, you know, one thing I just wanted to, you know, we talk about stress, stress is a concept and, and stress is kind of always there in everyone's lives or opportunities for it, but burnout itself. So I, I just checked it out with the, the um, American Psychology Association's Dictionary of Psychology. So they refer to burnout and they define it as a physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance, and negative attitudes toward oneself and others. And I think, you know, one of the components of burnout that we that sometimes gets overlooked or, or doesn't really get talked about is that like, there is a decrease in performance too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. And so just saying, I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to whatever. Well, you're going to be operating with, you know, one or maybe both of your arms tied behind your back uh, the longer you push it. And so that, that's just a, I don't know, just a little bit of a framing of the difference between a, occasional stress and that burnout is like this place you arrived at. That's usually one of the first things I want to know, uh, Brett, when I'm, you know, uh, we're a very blessed, uh, you know, an extension to a lot of times we're working with people out in communities is uh, try to get a sense of whether this is uh, an episodic instance of stress or is it something because of uh, operational setups or guidelines or the way people do things, is it something that's going to be a continuous stress, continuous stressor? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. If it's something that's just continuous because the way you're set up, like, for instance, you don't have enough labor. Uh, and you just simply have too much to do and not enough hours to do it, that's going to be continuous until you address that. And that 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 really worries me. If it's just a rainstorm that gets sand all over your lettuce or, you know, your hay baler breaks down, that's episodic. You know, that those things are going to happen. But if it's something that's just going to be there in the background and just wear you down, uh, that that's one of the first things I try to understand when I'm listening to people and hearing people is, well, what's the nature of the stress? And it just makes me wonder. And it makes me, it made me think about that when you mentioned what burnout really is. And it mm-hmm. seems like just this, you get to this point. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like sand on your lettuce could be like a really folksy uh, <laughs> like term for like, uh, you know, just something bad that happens, but it's not the end, you know. That's a, or, that's a Florida or, phrase. We use that all the time. You just got little, sand on my lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like a burn for somebody. Man, you're worse than sand on my lettuce. Unfortunately, most of the populace is not going to get that reference. They're going to be like, what? How do we expand that? Like, don't let a little sand on your lettuce ruin the whole salad or something. Ruin the whole taco. I'll talk about yeah. <laughs> what is that? A little sand on the lettuce. You know, I was thinking about that, Brad. I was glad somebody vocalized that. I'm glad somebody put that to song. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And a classic song at that. Very I, well played. I think that, I don't know, my, my thought process when we were discussing, you know, topics and this one came up was that I always feel better when I talk to other farmers or you know growers or someone who's in a similar situation as me and and there's just a little bit of camaraderie there about that Mm -hmm. so I think my my goal is that you listening will feel a little bit like you're not alone out there and just the the stress the burnout just kind of that feeling of being overwhelmed uh this time of year Uh, I always I always try and think of August as like almost a transitional period. I mean, we're starting to lose daylight, our nights, you know, we, we're going to have plenty of hot days still, but uh, usually our nights, we start getting a little bit cooler nights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've got really bad weed problems, they're probably at their peak, but it's sort of the time to transition into something else. So whether that's your fall garden, your fall crops, um, it's almost for me and the way I do things, and I think a lot of people do are... It's, it's almost, it's not quite a clean blank slate like you get in this, you know, 
the middle of winter when you're starting out and you're wanting to start your seeds, but it's second best. It's sort of like the chalkboard that you've erased lightly and you still have all the, yeah, you still have all the like white dust on it, but like you don't necessarily see what was written. That's kind of how I think about August and giving myself a little bit of time to accept what has not gone well this Mm -hmm. year and change it make some notes to myself about what didn't go right in that way. I don't necessarily try and solve the problem. Sometimes you can in the moment, but sometimes you just need to write down that this bed had horrible weed problems and I don't know why, <laughs> but write it down. And then mm. in January, look at it again uh, and say, okay, I had this problem. Now, how do I fix it? Once you've had a little bit of time, maybe you get through the holidays, you got some good, you know, couple extra pounds worth of delicious food on you and you're just feeling better. <laughs> and next more year, you're than, a... the notoriously low stress holidays. Yeah. <laughs> notoriously yeah. low stress. I think farmers are next year people. That's, that's what you're describing, mm-hmm. Alexis. Yeah. And uh, Colin Hay put it to words. It's a song like, I think it's actually called next year people, but it's a song about farmers being eternal optimist no mm-hmm. matter what's going on this year they have optimism for the future they're next year people farmers are next year people yeah it's something alexis brought up there about you know writing things down the journaling aspect of it that for me touches on something that has helped me a lot in time fast even not necessarily connected to farming directly but like i, f- I find that when i write things down whether it's like journaling about how something went and accepting it or when it comes to things that I need to do later or to touch on and reflect Mm -hmm. on later that writing things down lets me kind of let it go. Like I no longer have to kind of keep it somewhere stuck in my memory bothering me. I can just let it go and know that later I will look at this and, you know, deal Deal with with it it or accomplish it. But that, you know, writing things down, that sort of thing is kind of critical or has been crucial for me in managing stress. I've uh, worked with uh, producers and it, it's hit them a different way. Journaling has, and it was unexpected to me when they told, and when this is more than one instance, but um, I, it was a form of journaling, but they began writing things down. However, they called it keeping, I think they wanted to be, you know, they were like, we're keeping a log. But to me, I was like, they're journaling. <laughs> but what it's made them do is take stock of their time and what they spent their time on and they just realized some time inefficiencies or some over mm-hmm. some choke points that was causing them a tremendous amount of stress. Mm-hmm. I guess long story made short was that journaling or keeping a log helped them kind of compartmentalize where there were issues and realize a few things about their balance of things and their operation and with their family. And it yeah. all came about because of that journal, that that yeah. writing things down. And, and reflecting on that. And it was a very powerful process uh, yeah. for a few producers that I've worked with. And they were just basically journaling and, uh, and they didn't expect that. And I mean, I was like, wow, that's, you know, must be a great way to realize some things uh, when you take stock of it like that. And yeah, it, gives, look at a, it gives you that kind of time break, which is another sort of way to mitigate stress and burnout is to kind of disconnect from what you're doing and, Take a the break. Disconnects a yeah. whole nother yeah. thing with farming, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but, that, that's a big what thing. What are there. boundaries? What are those? Ooh, <laughs> a good word, Alexis. Right. I like it. Yeah. I hear that a lot. That that disconnect. Well, how do you do that if you're on a, um, uh, let's say, a family production or family farm operation? Uh, is uh, I have heard that in uh, me being in this situation in the past myself, it's hard to find that disconnect and get away from the stress because the stress lives with you and it's part of you mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases. I think, you know, something I, I've seen is that people will actually just, they'll, they'll try, they'll schedule it and that may not be a perfect fix, but, uh, you know, somebody will have a like phone free Sunday or Saturday afternoon or whatever it may be, or, or, you know, screen free that they're not going to be thinking about that and, and stre- stressing about that. Mm-hmm. But I think something too, that I've been trying to just wrap my head around more generally or, or, and work it into my life more, I guess, is, is that people are very different. People have very different ways of handling things. And for, so, for, so for some people, journaling would be a great thing. It would be mm-hmm. very helpful for them. 
some people, the journaling would be a way of laying out all the things that they're stressed at about, and it would just make them more stressed to see it all laid out. Or maybe they're already keeping all these records and they have everything Mm -hmm. lined out. And I think, you know, it, it could be, I think those are great tips for some people, but if that doesn't fit you, you know, it could be that you need to go and go out in the woods and just scream at the top of your lungs and just kind of let it out. Or, uh, Josh, have you ever, uh, you ever, you ever cried in the field while you oh, were in the middle? All the time. It's, that's one of the nice things about heat is like, it looks like sweat. Yeah. Nobody can tell you're I mean, just bawling your eyes sweat out. from your eyes. It's just sweat right. from your Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's a thing too, is that I think sometimes, we cause ourselves as much issue by kind of trying to hold everything together and not letting it out or letting yourself mm-hmm. feel it or letting yourself let, you know, don't, you don't come across that you have everything together, you know, and we talked about the, the Instagram pressures of, um, the perfect, the perfect, yeah, the highlight picture, reel, <laughs> perfect, polished, everything's great. All the weeds and all the problems are just out of frame. I think sometimes people will do that, especially in the drug marketing world or in the, mm-hmm. you know, if you have to be on and interacting with people. So that, I mean, that's another, another aspect of it. I think is that fine. You got to figure out something that's going to work best for you to, you, you leave it behind on the page. Maybe somebody else leaves it behind with eye sweat <laughs> in, the, in the field. Somebody else leaves it alone in the echoing through the trees that they go and do or whatever the thing may be. Yeah. I, I have worked with a, <laughs> multiple people that their strategy for kind of disconnecting and establishing boundaries had to involve them getting so geographically distant from mm-hmm. the farm that they couldn't possibly be in a mm-hmm. position to help anything. Yeah. And then that was and not necessarily from their workers reaching out to them, but that was like the only way to get them to like go away and not it's a think definition about of a vacation. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's a new concept to some folks uh, that, you know, have farmed actually to take a vacation, but the critical word there you said is vacation away or a right. break away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah where they can't sense. just, you know, look out the window and re-invite all the stress right back in. <laughs> and, the, and that's that boundary that uh, one of the greatest things about it uh, that I remember is, you know, living and working there with family and long days and doing things together and always being together. And that's always some of the, and sometimes that's some of the most challenging things, especially when, you know, you're working with all these biological systems and your, you know, mm-hmm. weather goes wrong and you're working not only with biological systems, but mechanical systems that can sometimes be dangerous. And, you know, you combine all these unknowns and that's its own stressor in with, um, you know, 104 degree August day, Alexis, <laughs> with family out in a field with everybody sweating from their eyes. Uh, it, can, it can be challenging. It can be trying. And, uh, and I remember mom one time just telling dad, you know, it's okay not to be okay. We had one of those uh, moments where everybody was stressed and, you know, it was going to rain. The hay was on the ground and, you know, tobacco, which, you know, was a very important cash crop for us at the time. You know, just everything was literally a perfect storm, uh, figuratively and literally. But, you know, I remember that was a turning point for us. She was like, it's okay not to be okay sometimes. Yeah. I have uh, one of my goals for 2023 from a, from a farming perspective was that I gave myself time off every week. Weird. So, right. It's, it's not, I'm not great Who at are it. You? I'm not great at it. Sunday but, is not fun day, Alexis. But it was, even when I don't succeed at that goal, when I do succeed, number one, I hit a goal and I love mm-hmm. that gives my brain some serotonin. But also I it's like I've given myself permission because I did set that goal ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've given myself a little permission. So so that that was one of my things where I give myself uh I wanted to give myself an entire day. Uh I've gotten down to half a day. Uh so for those of you who are struggling with that, give yourself permission uh to refill your cup a little bit and because you can't pour from an empty one. But I have a a friend who she always puts things in perspective. Uh, She was a nurse in a ICU unit with, well, she was with, in like with babies in in ICU and she now farms full time. And she said at some point she just says, you know what? It's just flowers. Mm 
And as someone who, and, and, you know, that's, I mean, her and her husband both are full-time farmers. Like if they don't sell these flowers, that's, that's their only income. But coming from a place where she was literally dealing with like infants that could potentially be dying around her, you know, and she just, she just kind of said, it's only flowers or, you know, okay, so it's only vegetables. And even if you are a full-time farmer and it's, you know, it's only how bad can it actually be? Um, And I, and I kind of think about that when I'm outside and I'm like, you know, the rain's coming and I'm like, I have a choice of saying I can either harvest this crop or I can take the time off that I need. And so I kind of go through a little checklist in my mind of like, if I don't harvest this crop and the rain's coming or whatever's going to happen, is it going to get ruined? You know, is it is it completely destroyed? So, you know, yes or no, it's like a little flow chart in my brain. And and then sometimes it just comes down to, yeah, it might be ruined. Yeah, I'm, I might lose some money, but what's the opportunity cost of me not having that time off? Will I feel better if I go inside and just fold some laundry or just like sit there and nap. stare at something? Take a nap. <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> Folding the laundry doesn't sound like taking a break for me. I'm going to go on record by saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get, I like sit there and just watch TV and fold laundry. and Make and a flower I, bed. Right. I was so proud of you. You, like, it, she's, you actually did some flowers she's for yourself. next to a laundry it's a process, bed not TV is on. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah, listen, all right. Right. It's really hard for me to just sit and do nothing. Um, I have to feel like I'm accomplishing something. That's why I started crocheting. Mm. Remember my temperature blanket? Because I'm like feeling like I'm accomplishing something. That's so, bringing your temperature down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. My, my version, this past weekend, I gave myself permission to like give myself something um, that wasn't like on Amazon. Like just do something for myself. And what did I do? But I built this huge garden bed and um, – <laughs> laid bricks physically very demanding i was all day you know driving the tractor jumping stuff like it was it was a mess but it brought me so much joy and now i get to just look out my window with my coffee or sit outside Mm. and see something i did for myself that's no longer on my to-do list that will bring me joy for a long time so you know if you're not that so i hate i kind of hate self that self-love thing because there's this this idea that it has to be like, oh, you're you're doing yoga or I mean, stretch to care of your body, that kind background. of stuff. But that's not who I am. I'm gonna meditate by digging out some weeds or moving some compost around, and it's okay <laughs> Being violently physical. to be a little bit violent <laughs> as part of your meditation. Okay, <laughs> so you know, take care of your body. But if your version of have stress relief and combating burnout is more f- more physical labor like that's okay i think i don't know that's my opinion i, I, I think in general to grasping around it am i doing b- burnout prevention correctly am i doing self-care right and then am I around accomplishing and this officially not, not good It'll approach um, and it could be that. that someday you know maybe someday you realize or you feel that meditation has become the thing that you want to do and mm-hmm. maybe right now you feel that going out and doing something that's a little bit different and is not so you know mental because it, it could very well be that you're not you're not as physically tired as you are mentally tired mm-hmm. right. right and so you are taking a break from the mental portion of the business mm-hmm. yeah and right. but you you know you enjoy being active and so you want to Mm-hmm. do this thing that's this other thing. Yeah, I think self-care could take all sorts of forms. And I think it's important that we check in to, with ourselves to see, you know, am I just finding a way to continue being productive while saying it's self-care? <laughs> or or am I really an active person who loves doing that? And this really does feel like a break. And I do feel recharged or I do feel yeah. rested or, and, and, you know, I, I'm getting what I need, right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. Sometimes when I feel down, it's because I'm sad. Sometimes it's because I haven't eaten. Sometimes it's because I need to drink some water. Sometimes it's because I haven't seen you three in a while. Aww. And and so there's different, sometimes there's different answers to, to a similar looking problem. And yeah, in general, I think. It can change. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do some build a garden bed, great. If you, if you would like for me and Josh to do a pro seminar on how to do nothing, it would be we're advanced in our field. Listen, I've got that, the reference sheet. I've got that some one. expertise that goes back years. <laughs> the week of Christmas. So what an extension where we're off kind of that week between Christmas and 
New Year's. For for those of you who don't know, like, don't call us. We're not going to answer. But <laughs> it's like the only time we won't answer. I listen. I make myself this huge charcuterie board, and I, I I veg. I don't do anything. I just sit on the couch for at least an entire day. It used to be that I would clean my house the day before, and then I would do that. But now I hired a house cleaner, <laughs> so she comes the day before. Tyler doesn't count, Alexis. Okay. Ty- no, Tyler. It- Tyler still has to go to work. So he goes to work. <laughs> I make a huge, right? Huge charcuterie board. Do you of just call like it uh, vegging with dinner? meat and cheese? Oh. No, I call it girl dinner. I see. Have you guys heard girl about dinner? girl dinner? I've yeah, heard of girl I've dinner. seen the phenomenon. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. You know fun. I've heard of girl dinner. My, like uh, I eat dinner. Girl all dinner the kinds is my dinner. dinner. <laughs> like I my live horse, for girl dinner. My horoscope. I saw a reel of girl dinner by horoscope. Oh, yeah. Mine was drip coffee and a blunt. So was mine. Well, we're both <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, You're the same astrological yeah. cycle. Annie's was Annie's. Uh, my wife's was was uh, vaping in your favorite flavor of chip. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an amalgam. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it takes, folks. I was hoping you were going to say you took that whole week and just ate on the charcuterie board. Well, but day I, is okay. Yeah. Day well, I'm okay. still covering and uncovering high tunnels and low tunnels stuff at that point. So. But oh, I, I have a I have a few tips that I've written down, and I don't mean to dominate this conversation. But as someone who, <laughs> but I will. Is this meat and cheese will, trade well, tips, or yeah, what is this? Meat, well, listen, <laughs> don't intend are, on resting during this podcast. Those are our December listen, podcast. Topics. No dead air listen. on this podcast. <laughs> as someone whose goal was to try and set some more boundaries, live on my farm. I work full time. I've and and you know farm pretty hard. So a couple couple things that I've done. Set away messages for mm. whatever time you take, whether it's Wednesday afternoon, Sunday morning, whatever that time is, especially for those of us in like retail sales, I think uh, we get a lot of like social media messages, email messages, wholesale as well, but uh, there's just a lot going on. So I always felt guilty about not, not responding of just two mm. people. Um, and it also affects the algorithm, unfortunately, on if you're not responding very quickly to people. And as you post things, they don't, people don't see them. So anyway, so what you can do is go in and set away messages. And so mine just says something simple like, thanks for contacting us. We're off duty right now. We'll get back to you tomorrow or whatever timeline that is that you want to set. And I just set for every, you know, Sunday, all day or whatever those timeline is, and number one, people, I think people appreciate that. And I think I think it makes sure people know that you've got their message, but also that it pleases the algorithm that I hate that I have to say that, but facts are the facts. <laughs> we are all slaves and to the algorithm. <laughs> I, I think it's important that your customers know that you know that you take some time to yourself and that it's I, I for some reason, I don't know, it just seems like a good conversation to have with them without you actually having a conversation and like sometimes right. I'm out in the field and it's a quick question because it's just like a friend who said she liked to f- post and you know I-, I can message back that I saw it or you know thanks but there's a lot of relief there that I don't have to pick my phone up and do mm-hmm. something or, or get on the computer and so highly recommend doing that the other one that I've done I need to do is if it's bothering you if it's causing you stress to see out in the field i'm using a a, like if your crop has failed if the weeds have taken over whatever it is and every time you look at it you cringe and it follows you around because i'm that person who like Mm -hmm. wakes up in the middle of the night thinking of the bed that's overrun with crabgrass right now chop it down just chop it down put a cover crop down and because once it's gone and you're not constantly looking at what you may consider a failure it's not staring – your failures aren't staring you in the face anymore and you're at least doing something productive like growing a cover you crop. Bury put your a dead deep tarp. is what I'm hearing. Huh? Bury your dead you, deep. Yes. Yeah. Put a silage tarp <laughs> over top of it and heat that baby up, you know? Okay. That's one step more, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that that's something that I've like been encouraging myself to do is uh, if, it's, if it's really that bad, sometimes you can just – it's – easier to just get rid of it so that you can prep it for the next bed. So, so what so that you didn't it, get it harvested. The line is to destroy your shame beyond the power of memory to recall its existence. 
Why do you all put things that I say in such terms that are very oh, true yeah, and terms, actual? Yes. Damn. Not perspective terms, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. wanted to reflect your intensity. Yeah. We Everyone knows that. by now the intensity that I all come I with heard on was this podcast. Try to get away from the stressors. That's all I heard in yeah, summary. Get, get, get away from them. I, I do just want to keep emphasizing again. Uh, so Alexis is an amazing dynamo of a person with – Thank More you. energy in one week than I have had in my entire life, I think. Nice. <laughs> and so if you if you've been taking a full day off and you're like, holy moly, I need to get yeah. on the Lexus's level, that's not what we're getting at here. No, please <laughs> no. don't. Love in, God. in some ways, you are further down the path than she is in terms of maybe yeah. taking care of yourself, and all those your kinds level. of things. And so she she's just sharing her experience. None of the the exact uh, like when I talk about examples of prices and how much money you can make off of this or that as just an example, how raising your price is going to affect your bottom line. I always say, don't use this exact price. Take mm-hmm. the principles of what's being said. The same thing here. You know, it's not it's just the principles. I, I I just know we have a lot. There's a lot of folks who are drawn to this type of work who are so talented but also often so insecure and they're mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. look for the wisdom if it's feeling making you feel stressed out maybe just shut this down and, and go do something else yeah no <laughs> but, please, I'm but hopefully sorry, you're feeling supported and no no it's nothing that you're doing you're just being an, the amazing person that you are uh i'm just aware of how yeah how, how, yeah, how, how things can be received sometimes and how, how I've been received in my life when, you know, that, that I do a lot of different stuff. And, and sometimes people end up saying, oh, it just makes me feel bad that you do all this stuff and I don't do this stuff. And it's like, well, I, you know, I also take naps and <laughs> right all kinds of other things. I watch <laughs> hours of YouTube about the dumbest things you can imagine. Um, I've seen most of the Fast and the Furious movies for at least the second or third time recently. <laughs> So nice. within yeah. the last three days, that's yeah. a good example. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it's okay. It's it's cool to 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 chill some and to yeah. But we're we're mainly saying this, I think, just to take care of yourself. And here's some tips from someone who's who's really working on that. And I'm really proud of you, Alexis, for you. for the work that you have done because I know it doesn't come easy to you to to do. Oh that. no, it's a it's a it's a struggle. It's a mm. such a struggle. <laughs> the we- Ray, you said something earlier that I would like for you to re-say something your dad told you one time about farming. Do you remember what you said? The sand and the lettuce. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Which instance? Yeah. No, dad was always saying said, something. I didn't said, always listen. Farming before we got started. Farming is, is like a, crime a crime of passion. Of passion yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was and I, like, that hit me. Yeah. And he, just because I guess he was getting at the, that we wrap ourselves up in that sometimes it's not just a job. It's a way of life. And, um, And uh, sometimes our identities get wrapped up into work Mm -hmm. and that becomes a kind of a tangled web. And I think that's what he was getting at. And that's a tough position to be in because what does that mean that if you start a small business farming operation, you know, most small businesses, seven out of 10 historically of any kind of small business fail within five years and farming falls right along that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what does that mean when your identity is tied to the operation? Do, I think that that hits a little harder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can, because if you're doing something that you love and if you can't do something that you love and make a productive go at it, uh, and that's where all the, all the issues come from, I think. And I think that's just magnified from the people that I've worked with. And even in our own family, when we were all farming uh, together, uh, that's magnified when it's multi-generational and, mm-hmm. you know, you have this mm-hmm. feeling that you have people depending on you and you you cannot fail. But sometimes we just have to realize, like any job, but especially in farming and production, there's just certain factors that are beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Nature. And that's really hard to step back and 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 ask the question why dad was always also very good at besides just throwing out profound tidbits that none of us really understood at the time we were reflecting on 30 years later but he always asked that you know he would just abbreviate like a heated conversation with well why why are we doing this if he you know and it was tough sometimes you have to ask that and it's hard to get to why 
It really is. Why are you doing this if it's, you know, causing you stress? And, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point we all got off the farm. A a big factor was we had a big family meeting. My my older brother and I, he's one year older, we both went away to college. In this case, we both went to Berea at the same time, first in our family to ever go to college. But it was a big deal for our family. And that took a large chunk of uh, the farm labor away. Mm. And so we decided to get off the farm at that time, but we had all of these discussions that we've had today, maybe minus the aliens and Earl Grey tea. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we had all these discussions in one family sitting when we made that decision. Uh, and it's tough and it, because our identities were kind of wrapped up in what we were doing. It was a tough situation. Hmm. Yeah. You know, something just to supplement a little bit of that um, about the the note the note about you know survival rates of businesses and farm farming enterprises. Um, there was this work that was done by AMS USDA Ag Marketing Service. It's been over a little over ten years ago now, so I'm sure you know maybe there's been stuff since. But one of the things that struck that stuck with me it was fo- focused on like kind of this segment that we tend to work with so smaller farms local food general kind of vibe and they found generally a correlation between survivability beyond the first 5 years and rate of growth hmm. and specifically the more slowly and intentionally the farm and the enterprise grew the more likely it was to be successful Mm-hmm. in this in this you know type of field and i thought that was a really interesting mm-hmm. concept and it's you know i'm not suggesting that everyone it was because they grew too big and got burnt out and collapsed right i i think that there's aspects of taking on debt and assumptions about market growth and limitations of you know personnel and expanding and management and all these other things right but i do think there's a little bit of a if you're feeling the pressure to double production and double sales a year after year after year, there's both a personal limit to that. And there's also maybe some, some other kind of external data about business survivability there on, you know, what, what sustainability is within these types of um, farms. And of course there's the same thing too. If you, if you completely stay still, stand still and you aren't changing or you're not, you know, growing and all that kind of stuff, then that, that has its own challenges too. But I think that it's a really delicate balancing act. I like to think of that like from year to year of like what drains you and then what fills mm-hmm. you like, and yeah. so if you could, how do you get rid of things that maybe drain you if, you know, Picking Why are you looking at me? Tomatoes. Looking, no. <laughs> Ray drains me. Mosquitoes and Ray. Those are the things yeah. that drain me. Same classification. If, if summertime, you know, picking tomatoes in a high tunnel in the summer drains you, you know, can you produce a little bit more lettuce or kale in the wintertime to fill that gap? You know, looking at it that way. And that's where, like, I take notes. Like, I... I wouldn't like, I take logs. I don't journal. I take logs, <laughs> but that's the kind of thing, you know, depends that, on your personality. I don't that, dance. I make money moves. I make that's money. Right. Moves. So think about that. I think uh, something that goes right along valuable. with that, um, you know, and it was at once again at a national meeting and there was a presentation. I was trying to look it up in notes that re kind of related to today's discussion, but and uh, for the economist here on the podcast today might find this interesting, but I, I just thought in my head that profitability would be one of the prime indicators of farm success beyond five years. Mm-hmm. It was not. <laughs> profitability was not the key indicator of continuing beyond five and eight years. And I thought that makes no sense. If you're making money, why would you stop? Mm-hmm. But it's dissatisfaction while you are making, you know, gainful means while you're making money, even if you're profitable, but you're miserable, you may get out of it. And there's all these other cool factors that I now have to find this, uh, this study. Um, I don't know how, you know, the scope of the study, but it looked at other factors like, you know, do, does the producer attend meetings where they can get social support from other mm-hmm. circles? We've touched on that mm-hmm. two or three times. A day. That was a big indicator of whether or not you were going to keep farming your social support and family your support. tribe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't profitability and that blew me out of the water. Uh, As a producer, you're producing things and you're doing a good job and making money, but yet that's not the defining factor of why you stay in the business. Uh, Interesting. It was interesting to me. Kind of of tied in what you were, to what you were Mm -hmm. saying, Alexis. 
Yeah. Uh, and Alexis, did you, were you going to, my don't dance, make money moves was supposed to be just a background little goof <laughs> while you continued uh, on with the draining <laughs> no, versus draining versus um, Brett was really dancing filling. Yeah. Well, well, like this podcast, these is bloody, these is bloody shoes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, made for dancing. This yeah. podcast, you know, while there's like work and we do research behind the scenes and, you know, there's things that we do that takes effort, you know, it's still something that, you know, fills me up, fills my cup. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I can do a better job at other things because I'm, you know, in a better mood or, or emotionally or whatever, whatever that is. So, um, but I think taking a serious look at, we always say take a serious look at your finances, but take a serious look at how whatever you're doing affects you, you know, emotionally, mentally, but also physically, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you just can't harvest carrots anymore. Like it, it just yeah. is the way it is. And there's You'd certain pick happiness. Yeah, there's certain crops <laughs> I just hate to harvest. I love to use them in bouquets or whatever. They sell well. Like there's no reason not to grow them other than I hate to harvest them. <laughs> and that's enough for me. Like I just I yeah. they don't inspire me to whatever harvest your reason. them. And so they just take up space. They don't I mean, get harvested. Brett said that earlier. Whatever your yeah. personal reason it is, that's good enough. So if it's your personal reason. I think what we're talking about are, are some different ways to combat burnout. So, you know, that's the, that's one way is just to at some point sit down, whether it's today or in the winter, um, and figure out how you can take some of that off of your plate so you don't feel as burned out. But be aware that, I've never met a farmer who, even if they think they're doing it all right, which they never do, they're always burned out. So if you're still burned out after you made changes next year, it's okay. It's just part of it, right? Like Ray said, we're, you're always next year people. There's always something to improve on. And sometimes what you need to improve on is not just your weed control, but it's your boundary setting, um, mm. especially when you live where you work. Mm. You guys are touching on so many of my, even my personal mechanisms in life, like the journaling, writing things down, taking stock, or getting with a other group of like-minded people that have similar life experiences so that I can kind of measure myself and, you know, recalibrate myself. But yeah, you guys are touching on a lot of the things, just not necessarily in farming, but just uh, support that I give myself or get from others. You guys are touching on a lot of those things. I remember, this is just a very brief, I, I remember, of your brief side, I remember in in periods like that especially when it's very hot and just yeah intense and the weed and the disease and insect pressure are like at their peak it's just like everything is coming at you i would the times where i you know you i would kind of stand up and get a head rush uh like while, while working out in the yeah. field <laughs> or like these moments of intense like clarity and kind of like out of body and I remember you thinking, can smell like, the sunshine this might not be a good thing yeah um, I, it could I, be heat stroke Brad yeah. <laughs> right. I could be dying yeah <laughs> this is heat stroke I don't want to be right yeah I don't want to I don't want to sit <laughs> in the shade if this is heat stroke yeah well another thing Alexis you said to me I think last year was you I was, I was asking you if you did any growing of flowers throughout the season. I was trying to figure out, I was getting into a little bit of the flower arranging and was just kind of curious and feeling it out. Mm -hmm. And you said something like you've, you've decided to rest with the trees was mm. what you said. <laughs> now that was very, you know, very poetic. And Thank you. Um, I'm sure I stole it from someone. I'm a tree guy. So, it, you know, it hit, it hit for me, but I wonder like, I assume that was the result of some learning about yourself you had to do. Yeah. Did you, yeah, did you just, try not to, you tried to go, uh, you know, palm tree year round kind of vibe and. Oh, I'm a burn the candle at both out. ends person. Like, <laughs> Josh, Mangrove forest. Just, Let's cut the since, middle open and see if there's more wick in there. <laughs> are we sure it's dead? Are we sure? Charcuterie board, Alexis. Think charcuterie board and back way slowly. <laughs> Josh one time told me that he's like, when Alexis goes out, it's going to be like the sun exploding. It's just like, just like a black hole. It won't matter what direction you're it's looking at. It's not a candle so much as it is state, a spot of rock. <laughs> that meteor that went over Kentucky, that was Alexis in real life. <laughs> imprint shadows permanently. <laughs> I think yes, it's, yeah, it's been those kinds of comments um, <laughs> along with just 
aging and, and <laughs> you know, not just Don't like my body aging. doesn't work the same way that it does before, uh, did before, which is a fact, but also that just mentally I have other goals for myself. I'd like to think of myself a little bit wiser, mm-hmm. but it just that that's, it's not a sustainable pace. And so it's, mm-hmm. if we take our cues from nature and farming, it felt very helpful to take my cue from them as far as like resting. Like we have these big mighty oaks, we have all of these beautiful plants. Uh, and yes, certainly some are evergreen, but even our evergreens don't do what they do in the summer, right? Mm-hmm. They just kind of, I'm almost more like an evergreen, right? I'm just kind of hanging. I'm not really growing, but I'm just doing some like Give behind the scenes work <laughs> to stabilize myself for spring and just, just chilling. And so resting when the trees rest. Now, I don't know if that's enough rest, uh, I would say, but it was a helpful thought process for me as like a weird plant nerd. So it's like a, it's like the crunchy granola mafia's yeah. threat is like, you'll be sleeping right. with the trees tonight. <laughs> you're like, sounds fine to me. What's your, what's your what's like, the, is there the a threat? hammock or is this just like an on the ground situation? Is it as fertilizer? Well, I believe a hammock was my first thought when you said resting with the trees. I was oh, like, yeah. all right. That Don't. is a. I have one hanging in my backyard in the trees right now, and that's where I'm going later on. I believe they've determined, and this is uh, this sounds like a typical setup for one of my bits, so it's not. I believe that they've determined that even deciduous trees continue to photosynthesize slightly through their bark even during Mm -hmm. winter. Very interesting and wild. Like you know, we think of it as the big photosynthetic mass, but there's actually this aspect of, yeah. So chloroplast everywhere. Yes, it's because sleeping is specialized organelles. Sleeping isn't uh, like arrested motion, or resting isn't arrested motion. It's not nothingness, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not freezing. There's something else happening. It's kind of just a different act, type of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I tell people when I'm taking a nap, I am busy. My <laughs> battery is recharging, and I'm busy. I wake up, a lot. I'm a little tired. <laughs> I'm very busy. I'm getting things done. Listen, I had a boss tell me, and I I will remember this till the day I stop oh, working. Man. Honestly, till the day I die. It's Impression. funny. So it's. <laughs> I'm very aggressive. <laughs> that was what he told you. I could, I could have told you that. Yeah, you didn't take it. I, I also remember Get that one. No, they said sometimes, you know, especially in extension, where we're yes people, but in farming in general, we're also I think yes people. We're always trying to make a sale, small business, whatever it is. We always want to say yes, and so it's okay to have your, I've probably said this before, but it's okay to have when you have your calendar open and you're looking whether or not you can do something for for somebody, you know, to put your finger, like physically take your finger and put it on that date in your calendar and just say, I have something on that day. (laughs) And like, I I won't forget it because it's, it's, it was the awareness of, yes, I could technically put something that day or yes i can technically do something but how does that affect all of the other things i'm already committed to or Mm -hmm. by not having that time to just either do nothing or plan or whatever that is and not be uh what's the word i'm looking for like responsible for someone someone else and something Mm -hmm. for doing Mm -hmm. something for someone else and man have i yourself for state of readiness like you're not lying you're just putting your finger on the date and saying i have something on that (laughs) day so it's been good well i think that we've probably talked your ear off about this and i think that the goal was like i said from my end was just to make Make sure you know that if you're feeling burnout, that's okay. It's very, very normal. If you're not feeling burnout, that doesn't mean you're doing things wrong. It probably it means you're doing things yeah. right. So, so if you're an ideal system would be the, where the burnout doesn't happen. Exactly, exactly. But knowing what we know about farmers and growers of all sizes, a lot of you are feeling that way. It's okay to feel that way. I'm going to fill you in with another little quote that I use on a regular basis. Um, that it probably everyone in this podcast is would know who said it, but. It is to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And that hits home for me constantly. And I have to remind myself of that. So I hope that that works for you guys. Another, I'd like to just say something too. So if your if your sense of exhaustion and downness and blues and everything else extends beyond the growing season, and you think maybe there's another problem going on, there's more issues going on. Mm-hmm. 
you know, think about reaching out to maybe try to get some help that you need. I know we live in the country with the greatest healthcare system in the world by all metrics, not, but, <laughs> and so there are challenges sometimes with getting access to those things. But if you're, if you're able to reaching out and talking to someone, whether that be a therapist, a psychologist, a spiritual leader, someone that maybe you trust and, and can, can talk to. And if, if things get really bad, so the, so farmer, not to end on a total bummer note, but I was just checking and so farmer, the suicide rate for farmers is three and a half times as high as it is three and a half times that of the standard, the general population. And so if you are having those kinds of thoughts or making those types of plans, you can dial 988. That's the suicide and crisis lifeline. But you can also, if you um, even in your dark moments, you would hate to be on the phone with somebody. Mm-hmm. You can also chat with them. They have uh, online chats and text messages and all that kind of fun stuff. That's again, 988. Um, so, you know, there, there's all kind. we're talking about the type of burnout that's, that is not evergreen to go throw back to the trees. It's, it's, it's a thing that's, it's a product of, of time and, and exhaustion and not getting a break and all that kind of stuff. But if you think there's something worse, worse than that going on, and I have, I have personal experience with this it's okay to say, you know, to, as, as, um, Ray said that his dad used to, or his mom used to say that it's, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to look to people who specialize in helping you be more okay and ask for some help with that. So not to end on a total bummer of a note, I, I will say, okay, so that's a bummer. Uh, yeah. I'll just share a stupid joke that I was going to say earlier when you were talking about in service to the algorithm, uh-huh. I was going to say, all hail Albert Go Rhythm, first oh. in his name. <laughs> oh my, I knew it. I knew it. You, I you, you, you are on standby. I love it. You are on standby. You're so like excited, a walking sci fi reference, Brad. It's so cool. I do like that. I enjoy this crowd. Um, but yeah, take, take care of yourself, and, and we appreciate how difficult it can be to mm-hmm. do what you do and uh, look forward to hopefully a world where it's not so hard to do the cool things and important things that our farmers are doing. Yeah, absolutely. If you need farming help, uh, as far as, you know, you don't know what's dying, you need to know what cover crop to put on because you mowed everything down. You just know that your business plan maybe needs some work. That's all stuff that we can help you with in extension uh, as well. So if, if you're if you're feeling that uh, just burnout right now and you, you want some help uh, as far as the farming side goes, we'd love to help you there uh, as well. And so you can contact the people on this pod at horticulturepodcast at l.uky.edu. You can also find us on Instagram at Hort Culture Pod, and you can message us uh, and check out what's coming up next on there. Uh, we'd also love it if you would leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear more of. Right now, we're just coming up with things from our brains, but we have been getting some uh, some feedback, so we really appreciate those of you who have sent that, and we promise you we've got that on on deck for you all. But we hope that As we grow this podcast, you will grow with us and join us next week for some more good plant talk.